Welcome to the Soul Service Podcast. I'm your host and soul-centric leadership coach, Anastasia Burtnick. If you are a spiritual seeker looking to learn, grow, and make deep and lasting change in your life, you are in the right place, my friend. I'll be serving you up juicy topics on soul work, relationships, purpose, power, and everything in between. Together, we are going to dive deep into our hearts and souls so you can live your best life ever. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Soul Service Podcast. Honestly, I'm so excited about today's episode. It's with Ashley Stinson, and she is the creatress of Energy Archaeology, which is a healing modality that works with your bones. So a little bit more about Ashley. Uh, she's a teacher, coach, energy healer, and like I said, the creatress of Energy Archaeology, which is an energy healing modality um, and personal discovery method that accesses all of the energetic wisdom in the bones. So her work is a bridge from the energy world to the physical world, and it creates depth, dimension, embodiment, and a path to clarity in your life. Living bone deep amplifies your healing work, spiritual journey, and personal practice. This is going to be such an amazing interview. I know you're going to love all of the juicy tips and information that Ashley shares with us on the podcast, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So let's go on and dive in. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the Soul Service Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. I've been looking forward to actually talking to you and diving deeper into what you do because this, this energy archaeology it's just so fascinating and amazing to me. So uh, when we get started, why don't you tell me just a little bit about yourself and your journey? How did you come to create this and where did you come from? Sure. Um, so it's actually, it's a very winding path. I feel like like most of the best stories are. Um, I started out um, very much in people-pleasing mode for most of my life. Um, youngest child. So, you know, just kind of always wanting to toe the line a little bit, I think, keep the peace, keep things smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had a very normal, like straight A student all the way through schools, went to college, went to uh, graduate school, um, eventually went into professional practice as a landscape architect. Like it was like your typical American, you know, (laughs) this is the dream life. This is what you're supposed to do. This is Mm -hmm. exactly how you're supposed to live. You know, I got engaged young. My husband and I got married when I was 23. Um, actually never intended to get married that young, but my grandma got real sick and like, I really wanted her to be there. So I get that. Yeah. (laughs) A little aside on that. Um, but I I just felt like I had always lived kind of relying on the validation of others and their opinion more than my own. And what's really interesting about that is I can't really even say that it never felt right. You know how you hear the stories of people who are like, oh, it never felt quite like the path I was supposed to be on or, you know, I'm super Mm multi-passionate. So had I never started into spirituality or unpacking that journey, I don't know that I would have changed anything, which is what's always really interesting to me whenever I reflect back. 
but I also see that I wasn't in tune enough with my own body to understand like what it meant for it to not feel right. Mm, Um, And so that didn't even come up for me. Like I never understood what it was until at 27, at the start of my Saturn return, I had twins and it was a traumatic birth. Um, It was kind of what threw me into postpartum PTSD because of the birth experience. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just set everything in my life on a tailspin. Um, Started healing in ways that I never had explored before. I started opening up to things that I was curious about that was really um, coming to the forefront. because it just felt like, you know, going the traditional therapy route wasn't quite right. So I was exploring embodiment, sexuality and sensuality, stuff around the womb space. I was starting to explore Reiki. Um, I became a Reiki master as I went down that journey. Um, And that was what led me to tune more and more into myself and in retrospect, look back and say, I never was in my body. That's why nothing ever felt out of place. That's why I didn't feel wrong. That's why I didn't know, you know, I just Mm -hmm. didn't know what I didn't know. Um, But as I got more in tune with that and started living more presently in my body, in my life, it felt worse and worse and worse to go to work every day. You know, it's just showing up. I would go home and I would just be crying. I'm like, this isn't what I want to do, but I don't know what I want to do. Um, And so then I really started to reach out and work with some beautiful mentors, had this niggle that was just saying, you know, learn more about your intuition. Like I had learned the Reiki system, um, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I really questioned it while I was, while I was learning it because it's kind of like a very set group of symbols and, and things that you do within that modality. Mm -hmm. Um, But it had kind of cracked open this other exploration within me. And so as I found some mentors, I just had this massive period of growth from September of 2017 to March of 2018. So six months or something in there where I uncovered what it is that I do, understood how it's different, how it's unique, how much it's needed, um, that it's not something that's actually out there already, which was a whole thing in and of itself. And I quit my job and started my own business. (laughs) Like in this six month period and everything I had done to that point led me to there. Like it prepared me to go on that journey within six months. Um, But it still like was a very tumultuous kind of upending six months of my life. Mm -hmm. So ever since then, I've just been using my own work in my life, guiding my journey, how I parent, how I tune into myself, how I stay in alignment how I figure out what healing I need to do next. If I need to work with another practitioner, like something that I do is um, I see a somatic experiencing professional every single week. And that's related to postpartum PTSD, my own birth trauma coming in. Like there's, there's just a layer there that I know, you know, I need support around. And so through my own work, I also am able to then, you know, talk to other people and offer them that same kind of support, like through my own modality and help them come to understand if they need support in different areas also. Wow. That is so beautiful. First off, I'm covered in chills, just (laughs) my entire body. (laughs) 
your story is so incredible. And I think it's really beautiful how you've really come to know yourself and you've really come back home into your body and come back home into your soul when you did in fact have that disconnection and you didn't realize in those early days that anything was off. So it's so beautiful that you came back into that. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. It's, Mm -hmm. um, it's one of my favorite things about podcasts is the, the connecting of unique experiences, but ones that many of us share yes. and being able to hear it like played out through someone else and be like, okay, like they did it. Or it sparks that little thing to be like, you know, is this something I need to explore? Or mm-hmm. there's this little thing over here that I like, that pinged that just niggles and won't go away. And it can open up so, so much just by sharing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I have to say as well that um, you mentioned with, with your own womb space that you're looking for support and you get support with that too. And I think that that's so powerful that you even mention that because I think there's a misconception out there that when somebody is a healer, they don't need healing as well. Um, and they don't need support as well. I know it's, it's ridiculous. No, I know. I totally, I, I see it too, but yeah, (laughs) but I just want to say like, thank you for sharing that because there is that misconception out there. And I, I have come across that with people and that just having them be aware of the fact that healers also need healing and coaches also need coaches and everyone needs support no matter what level you're at. That is so powerful. So thank you. Thank you for being about that. So tell me, how did you get into energy archaeology? How did you learn about bones? Like, it's so neat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, so I didn't, I mentioned that I was a landscape architect. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, none of my formal college education or training is around human anatomy, which is what I find to be really interesting. Like I've done like vertebrate zoology, uh, you know, like environmental stuff, but none of it was really human focused, which is hilarious because I will think back um, and growing up, my mom used to tell me that I should be a doctor because I was really like empathetic and I had beautiful amount of empathy and being able to hold people And, um, the first time I studied plants, I remember making a joke and being like, Oh, plants don't have problems. You know, like, (laughs) like they're so much easier to work with. Um, and so I find it really funny that now I've come back into like the healing space and really have grown into kind of what she had always told me, you know, poke, poke all along that I should be working with people. Um, but uncovering the work in them, in the bones themselves was truly, intuitive spirit guided um and really was part of that like six month deep discovery journey where i was working with other mentors and i was doing tons of practice sessions for free Mm -hmm. because i was like this is something that i need to figure out like i wasn't happy to just be like yeah sure i work with bones and that's just how i do it like i needed to nail down what that was that i did Mm -hmm. um So as I was doing practice sessions, I 
was doing them distance, I would send an email after they were done. So I wasn't even doing the face-to-face yet. I would tune in, I would do a session, I would send an email afterwards. Mm. And I would say, this is what I worked on. This is what I saw. This is you know, how we resolved things. This is what moved and released and healed. Uh, and one of my mentors wrote me back an email. And <laughs> to her, she probably doesn't even remember doing this, which is what she thought was funny. Uh, wrote me back an email. And it was just like, that was incredible. I felt you working while you were working. That was so deep, but that was not Reiki. And it was like record scratch. I was like, excuse me, what? (laughs) What do you mean? Like, what am I doing if that wasn't Reiki? Um, And so I just started working with someone being like, but this is what I see. What do you, like, what is it? I see the bones. I see bones that are missing. I see bones that look like metal, that look like they're encased in something. I see bones that are disintegrating while we're working. And all of that has come to just have kind of like a metaphorical reasoning. Like now I know if the bone's mm-hmm. disintegrating, it's because that person has been doing an intense amount of work in that area. Their old energy around it's crumbling and they're ready to rebuild. Oh, wow. If like the bone feels like it's rock or it's metal, it's just, it's something that they're not ready to tap into, something that's hidden under a lot of layers, um, something they're being really protective around. Mm. And each bone has its own relationship and an underlying meaning. So just like the chakras, and you can say that you have a root chakra issue and you know immediately that's safety, security, tribal, familial, like those kind of things. Mm -hmm. If someone comes to me and they have a ton of stuff going on in their shoulder blades, I immediately know that that's inner child work. Or if they have stuff going on in their neck, in their cervical spine, it has something to do with either brainstem, which is connection and attachment, or like flexibility. Um, Especially if it has to do with like turning left and right. A lot of times that's an issue with like staying present, looking too much to the past, to the future, being too much in the feminine or masculine. Like there's just kind of these layers of, of meaning that are encoded into the bones that flow in a really specific way that revealed themselves as I was holding sessions with people. And it's why it took me a long time and many years of practice before Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, this is my job. This is what I'm going to do. I'm doing it with people now. (laughs) Um, Because I would go into sessions and I would be hearing things like, and I would be basically taught about that bone in a session. So I would be exploring with the person that I was working on. I remember distinctly one time doing a session with someone and it was all around their throat. And I was like, it's not neck, but it's not thyroid. It's not throat chakra. What is this? And I just kept hearing the word hyoid. I was like, I don't even know what that is, right? I have no anatomy training. (laughs) So I was talking to them and I'm like, this is the word I'm hearing. This is the shape that I'm seeing. This is where I'm seeing it blocked. We're going to release all this stuff. They ended up having this massive integration and up-leveling after the session. Meanwhile, I ran to Google. I was like, what is a hyoid bone? (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) And so I just started compiling it. And um, so I have a, a free ebook on my website. It's called a bone bios PDF. You can get it from my Instagram links or on my website. And it's kind of this general overview of a lot of what those bone systems do. 
Mm. Like I just started writing it down because people were coming saying, what is, what does my left foot mean? What does my right knee mean? What does it mean that I'm feeling this thing here? And it was almost like it was impeding. Like I was, um, I was the gatekeeper of, yeah. of the work and I knew I wasn't meant to be the gatekeeper because I know everyone knows this. We just don't know. We know it. Mm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Wow. First off, part of me is like, oh my God, please analyze my entire body. Because <laughs> now as you're speaking, all the different parts of my body are coming up and I'm like, oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> like, what do these all mean? Um, <laughs> so I'm definitely going to go get your ebook for sure. <laughs> but that's so fascinating. I love that you just kept receiving these messages from spirit and you didn't even know what they were like the hyoid bone. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what is this Google? <laughs> yeah. I often joke that like me being oh, led spiritually is leading from behind. Like I always feel a little bit like I've got a blindfold on mm-hmm. um, because stuff won't start dropping into place until I take action on what it is I'm currently being told. Oh yes. And yeah. stuff like so many times that action step, I'm like, I can't do that yet. It's fuzzy. I don't know what I'm moving towards. Like what, what in the world is this going to end up being? And I'm like, okay, fine. And so I take that one little step or I say that one little thing to a client that I'm like, this is weird. They're going to think this is really weird. Um, and then it's like the next step shows up and I'm like, Oh, all right. (laughs) So it's like, I always just feel a little bit like I'm, I don't know, behind a fuzzy screen and I get exactly what I need when I need it. So that's the ultimate like definition of trusting the process <laughs> and surrendering. <laughs> like, if you don't do it, it ends up being painful. But if you do do it, you get all of the answers, but you just have to trust so that you can. Yes. Oh, amazing. Stepping before that like next step actually appears. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. You're like, hopefully this magical stair will appear so I don't <laughs> fall to my death. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm putting together a collaboration with a group of amazing women right now. And that was what it was. I sent out emails and I'm like, this is all the information I have to go on. And I, I, would you like to be a part of it? You know, I'm like, sorry, I can't be more clear. And as people were like, yeah, I'd love to be a part of that. Then it's like, it, it kind of filled out. It became more robust. It became a thing. It was really interesting. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I can't wait to hear about what this collaboration is going to be. <laughs> Don't have to share coming details out yet. Coming out email but... soon. <laughs> nice. Everybody listening, make sure you get on that email list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's where I do most of my best storytelling and teaching too. Oh. Like Instagram is snippets, but my email list gets a lot of the good stuff. <laughs> oh, there you guys go. <laughs> awesome. So... I don't know about you, but how about we dive into some of the bone meanings or like sure. another direction you might want to go with this? We can definitely dive into some of the bone meanings. Um, yeah, like a little Q&A. What's, what's, what's each bone have to say? Yeah, something like that. Because sure. this is, I was, so I was reading your, your Instagram stories that you have um, where you have like the skull and the hands and the shoulder blades oh, yeah. and everything. And so some of it went over my head. Some of it, I was like, oh my God, this is so deep. <laughs> so <laughs> there's just amazing information there. And I just want to know more. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So the bone bios are based on those Instagram stories. Um, mm-hmm because I have more space and it's not like snippets at a time. Yeah. Uh, I, they're a little more clear also, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah. 
So yeah, um, name a bone. What do you want to know? Um, <laughs> now you're putting me on the spot. Okay, uh, we'll start with the skull. Okay. Ah, all right. So there's well a ton of stuff that actually goes on in the skull, but um, so yeah, how can I do this the best way? So there's one. There's an energetic pathway in the skull. There's actually about three, but the major one is what I call the cranial energetic pathway. Mm -hmm. And it runs from the frontal bones, which is your forehead, uh -huh. the parietal bones, which are kind of where your crown chakra is, your temporal bones, which are like right behind your temples, and then your occipital bone, which is in the back, right at the base of your neck, and actually what your brainstem comes down through. Okay, cool. So there are a lot of inputs in those bones. You've got your third eye, you've got your crown, you've got energy coming up from the spine. You have energy coming back actually from your orbital sockets into your frontal. Like it's completely fascinating. Um, but if you can picture those bones, they almost spin energy like cogs in a wheel or wheels in a cog, however you say that. Yeah. Cogs in a yeah, wheel. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they have like the, it looks like they almost have teeth. So it's like the spinning of one kind of facilitates the spinning and the movement of the energy in all of the others. Mm, so our frontal bone is a lot about our ego, mm. what we are projecting, what we want other people to think about us, what we want them to um, see whenever we kind of like step forward and put ourselves out into the world. The subconscious, so in the occipital, is kind of like the the other part of that it's like the underlying like low-key this is running energy underneath of everything so they're always kind of talking but they're talking through the parietal bones at the top of the head mm -hmm. which is where we are getting all of our information from divine from spirit that channel that's coming in so it's kind of like that spirited version of ourself that divine inspiration is helping to mediate between what our frontal bone is wanting to tell people about ourselves, what our subconscious is wanting us to believe about ourselves. And it's like this really interesting dance that happens between all of them, mm -hmm. all at the same time. And if you get too stuck in the frontal, like in the ego, if you aren't letting that shift and move and develop at like in relationship to information that you're getting, and subconscious stuff that you're clearing. Like if you're really stuck in that, it will actually shut down all the rest of it. Or if you're like too deep in the subconscious and it's like pulling up like a ton of stuff and it's feeling like really heavy and really sticky, it can kind of like slow down the amount of information that you're receiving, it can slow down like the turnover process and the ego just because it does tend to be really dense mental, um, emotional, spiritual work to really mm -hmm. go into the subconscious at that level. Yeah. So, yeah. That's Sorry, that was a very long explanation into only just a tiny bit of the skull. <laughs> no, that's, that's so interesting. So I'm curious um, if you were, would like a headache at the front of your head, so a forehead, headache would that mm -hmm. signal a blockage in your parietal bones and typically ego? yeah typically for like um headaches that are happening in the frontal bone are either because information is coming in through the orbital sockets about who you can be in this life how you're visioning your life where you're allowed to show up where you feel you are like where you feel you have access so like our orbital bones are all about like visioning and seeing what we 
can do, where we can go, who we can mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Um, so it's usually if there's information coming in through those bones, through like all the different layers of the aura. So mm-hmm. everything happening out here is filtering through the bones. Um, and it disagrees with like who you believe yourself to be, who you are presenting yourself as. It can just kind of cause like a, an energetic blockage there in the front and stuff. There's a whole other layer to the bones also mm-hmm. where there are certain bones that resonate with certain elements. Oh, interesting. So we have water bones, earth bones, air bones are our joints and fire bones that transmute things. So on top of all of the bones having a meaning, they also resonate with an element. So if they're a water bone, their main job is to flow information. If they're a fire bone, their main job and what they do in your body is to transmute energy. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that because our temporal bones, which are literally right beside your frontal bone, Mm -hmm. are earth bones. And so they store stuff. And so frontal bone headaches can be because like you're storing a lot of stuff and you're just not letting it move. Like you're not letting your definition of yourself or how other people see you, you're not letting it transition the way it wants to typically. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. So cool. (laughs) So I'm curious, does, do blocks always, actually, let me rephrase this. How do you know the difference between a blocked bone and a bone that's flowing well okay um yeah that's a good question because they can show up in a lot of different ways whenever i see a skeleton that is flowing well it looks like light is flowing through it Mm. so there's like two different parts to our skeletal anatomy we Mm -hmm. have the marrow in the inside yep and we have the like collagen fibrous crystalline part on the outside Mm. So we, a lot of times whenever we say a bone is like quote unquote blocked, it's not that it's flowing any energy. It's almost that, um, the light, the electrical current, the charge in that bone has like dropped out or become like, so like it just can't continue to like bring energy across it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it almost looks like it's calcified, like it'll kind of close up and the, the narrow energy won't be able to flow through. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple different ways that that can actually occur and can happen. But for the most part, it tends to be whenever we're confronting like the shadowy part of something, the bone will also take on that shadowy look and it's like the light drops out of it for a little bit. Little bit. Interesting. That's really neat. So the, the energy flows, it's almost like a, a battery in a circuit or like yes. an exploded battery where it doesn't work anymore yes. until you replace it. Yeah. And, okay. and I talk about that actually in, um, in the foundations course that I teach, we talk about the flow through the bones and which way that goes. And typically if you are a right-handed person, Mm-hmm. you will magnetize, draw in energy. It will flow up the arm, up the leg and towards the core on the left. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of in keeping with the feminine energy, receiving intuition, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. And typically it will flow out the right arm, out the right leg and kind of move into the world that way. So we're giving through the right arm, we're moving forward through the right leg. Um, 
If you are left-handed or ambidextrous, you can switch which way the battery flows, which way the energy flows, which is really interesting to learn in and of itself. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, it, then it's kind of working with understanding which way your energy is flowing, knowing how to receive from like a different side than people traditionally do. It's really just working with your own energy in a very different sort of way, a very different sort of embodiment. That's really neat. I didn't realize how many differences there are between right-handed and left-handed individuals, or if you're ambidextrous. I've actually been hearing a lot of differences come up lately. So it's, it's mm. just fascinating because I didn't realize it switched the energy and it had that profound of an effect. Yeah. Yeah. We tend to, well, I mean, left-handed people are like 10% of the population. Mm -hmm. They actually tend to be predominantly men, interestingly enough. So when you're in a healing space that is typically female and people are writing from their own experience without kind of like taking that step back and looking at it as a model or as an archetype instead of just how it flows for them or for most of their clients, mm -hmm. you can kind of miss that. It's like the idea of like who wrote the history books, like you're going to get the perspective of the person that wrote the history book. So this past fall, I got really curious about it and I just gave a massive discount to people who are left-handed and said, I really want to study what your energy looks like. <laughs> like, please come in so that I can get a better grasp on this. That's awesome. So yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, what are some of the things that if we think that there's a block somewhere, what are some of the things that we might be able to do to start that healing process and start getting that energy flowing again? Hmm. That's, a, that's actually fascinating um, to think about. Okay, so I really hate to give the answer that it depends, but it really does depend. <laughs> it it um, always does. <laughs> I know, I know. So I, um, hmm, it really depends on where you feel like the block is. And I typically, I shy away from even using the word block. Um, because it's, I think block seems to give the impression that something is wrong, okay. that, um, that it's like a little bit insurmountable, that it's something to be opened up, something that we need to overcome. And typically whenever people are voicing or understanding that they have what, what we have come to call a block, it's really just your body's way of kind of tapping you on the shoulder and being like, look a little closer here. Like there's mm -hmm. something to understand. Um, like I was saying in your bones, whenever it looks like the energy is not flowing there, it's typically because that part is just in shadow a little bit. Um, so I teach this a couple different ways. I have, something that I call the cycle of communication with your body, which mm -hmm. is basically where I would tell every single person to start because it's extremely accessible. Okay. It is like a self-coaching framework. Mm -hmm. If you're able to sit down and allow yourself to drop into your body to like breathe down. And so not just like be present, but like deeply breathe down into your body and allow it to feel things, which a lot of us do not do. 
um, because we've been taught that whenever we feel things like everything goes into this category of that's pain that hurts. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we kind of like set all of that to the side, but if you can allow yourself to drop down in and feel what's present in your body, Mm -hmm. that's the very first step is what I call noticing, like literally sitting in your body and noticing what sensation comes up where. And I encourage people to not call it pain just because it's not all pain. Like, yes, there are things in our body that are legitimately painful, people that live in chronic pain. So I never want to minimize any of that experience. Mm -hmm. But if you have something like a headache and you're just saying like, my head hurts, there's a lot of pain here and not migraines. Cause again, that's a whole other classification. Um, a lot of times if you notice it and then you go into step two, which is expanding, which is the thing we're all afraid to do. We want to minimize that sensation. We want to minimize that pain. But if you allow it to expand, mm-hmm. it will sometimes start to fade out on its own. Like the edges get a little bit fuzzy. It starts to kind of dis- like dissipate and disintegrate a little bit and get a little more like effusive and not so concentrated. It knows that you're there to listen to it it knows that you're present with your body then. And as soon as you do that, your body will start responding. So that takes us into step three, which is asking it what you need to know, see, or feel. So is there something you've been blocking in that part of your body? Is there something you're refusing to hear? Is there something that you just need to know that's gonna open it up? So if we go back to your example earlier of having the headache, you know, allowing yourself to expand the sensation of the headache and saying, what do I need to know about this? Mm-hmm. And often that intuitive message will come back. Um, the next part is then asking it what you need to do. So that's where we get into, you may find yourself exploring a lot of different modalities. You may be drawn at that time to do a sound healing or to go to a breathwork session or to go to another energy healer, go to a yoga class. It may just tell you to like go swimming every morning, right? Like there's something you need to be doing and understanding. Um, A client of mine one time got back that she needed to be eating Brazil nuts. She's like, I have no idea what that means. And then looked it up and like one Brazil nut a day has your daily dose of selenium. So like her body was telling her in that point, like she was missing a nutrient. It's so fascinating what comes back when you actually uh, ask. That's interesting. Yeah. And the last step, it, well, not the last step, but then you do it. Because if you don't do it, then you get back into that hazy, not trusting your intuition, your body opened up to you, and then you kind of shut it back down. Like you get into this funky dance where it's like, do I trust you? Do I not? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you integrate, which is key for everything. Really, you're integrating as you're doing that process, yep. but giving yourself the time to sit with it, to be like, I've consciously made a shift. I've consciously decided to listen to my body, to sink into it at this level. Um, like taking your Shavasana after yoga, you know, sitting with your practice. That's so interesting. So, yeah. So really just the keys are looking at the area that's causing you pain or causing you an issue, asking you what's going on in that area and then letting, just letting yourself feel that pain even more, like sinking into it until it starts dissipating. 
and then trusting your intuition with whatever comes up and taking action on it, even if it sounds crazy like Brazil nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, so really I call it like the cycle because like it just comes back around after you integrate, then you go back into noticing and expanding and, and that will take you through your body. I always tell people like that can legitimately be a map to your healing journey is following like place by place what is coming up and where, because Mm -hmm. you may be taken into your pelvis, which if you grab the bone bios, that is ancestral. So your Mm -hmm. right side is going to be your paternal lineage or can be maternal if they're extremely patriarchal. That can Mm -hmm. kind of happen on that side of the body too. Your left side is typically your maternal lineage. So understanding, you know, like what you need to know or see or hear and do about how that's affecting you. Mm -hmm. Wow. There's, there is so much to this. (laughs) <laughs> just so much to this. Yes. I love this. Um, and yeah, that's a really beautiful cycle that you've created of just going into it and then going back to that noticing. And this is something that even in my own life, um, although I haven't worked with my bone energy before, um, I've done practices like this all the time because I actually do have chronic pain. Mm-hmm. And I've come from having it be very debilitating to very manageable and I'm still working on healing even deeper and it, it takes time and sometimes things come up again and again, and it's just different layers of the healing and you just have to really trust everything that's coming through. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and I get that sometimes is I look like, I mean, for the most part, I enjoy a pretty pain-free life at this point, mainly because I've stopped calling it pain. (laughs) So I really just address the sensation as it comes up as what it is. But I had chronic health issues Mm -hmm. from the time that I was born. Um, A lot of it had to do with the way that I was born, chronic ear infections, gut issues, leaky gut, all of that stuff that just leads you to then having, you know, what they like to diagnose as, um, chronic fatigue at one point was what I was given as a diagnosis. Um, and so it's really just a massive testament to taking the tiny steps Yeah. and, and what a shift that that can make in your life. Um, you know, people who are familiar with Byron Katie's work, her whole coaching framework is like four questions and it's incredibly impactful. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we want to find like, the huge complicated answer behind everything instead of taking that tiny little step and just letting it unfold. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, with the, with trusting what comes up, just sometimes the messages you might think like, I don't have like with childhood trauma, for example, like, Oh, I don't have any childhood trauma. My childhood was great, but something keeps telling you, that there's something there and you're like, it was okay that my mom didn't give me ice cream that one time, but that might actually spark a deeper emotion in you. So if something like that's coming up and you're trying to push it away, trust it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Again, I just wrote an email today that was talking about how malleable and plastic our brain is until we're seven Mm -hmm. and how all of those experiences, even though we tend to discount them because they like that's our, that's our baseline for normal. 
Yeah. Like those are the things that we're going to remember at like, even if it's not consciously and it's like running underneath of everything. So going back to like, you know, my mom didn't give me ice cream. It could even unfold and go into, I wasn't picked up when I cried. I don't feel like my needs are valid. I don't feel safe to be heard. You know, like there's Mm -hmm. a whole lot of stuff that can unfold from those things that we seemingly want to dismiss. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So neat. So I I do have a question. Um, Sure. The Atlas bone. Is that, I don't know if that's C1, but the mm-hmm. Atlas bone, what does that one represent? Because I mean, for me personally, I always have a lot of pain in there. Yeah. Okay. I love this one. Um, and this, this will probably hit home for you being someone who is interested in intuition and spiritual stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so your Atlas bone is all about connection. Mm-hmm. That is really the connection of the brainstem into the spinal column. That is the connection of the skull into the body. Um, that is the connection of where our spine, you know, meets our head. And that is also the bone that allows us to have like the yes, no response. Like we can look back and we can look down, mm-hmm. um, because of where that bone is and with its proximity with the brain stem, that is where we do most of our primary development before the age of three. So where we do all of our attaching and our attachment. So whether we are, like attached securely, whether we're detached, whether we have anxious attachment, whether we have, um, well, I was gonna say anxiety, but that's very similar to anxious attachment. Um, all of that, like all of that energy is happening right there at that one bone. Mm-hmm. And so not only then is it holding the energy of attachment in the past, attachment to people around us currently now, attachment of our head to our body, It's also attachment metaphorically and mythologically because it's named after the Greek Titan or Greek God Atlas, who his job was to hold up the cosmos above the earth. So he was that attachment point of divinity and cosmic knowledge up here to earthed wisdom and embodiment below. So it is for people who are highly intuitive and highly spiritual, but do have like a little bit of like attachment stuff, whether it's fear of abandonment, betrayal, um, any of that stuff that can Mm -hmm. come up whenever it comes into relationship. It can also be a massive block between bringing in like divine wisdom and embodying it and being able to earth it here. Interesting. (laughs) Okay, so I got some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just noticing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm currently working on an oracle deck that is going to be like 50 some cards. And it's like all of those little bits are going to be in that deck. So I have a card for the Atlas. And it's one of my faves. It's beautiful. <laughs> Amazing. That's so cool. Ooh. I'm definitely going to get that deck <laughs> as soon as you release it. <laughs> it is, it's about halfway finished. Um, and it's been a really interesting process because energetically, I don't think I knew that it would take as much as it does to mm-hmm. channel the imagery and the words for each card. So I'm trying to set aside some time to like really dive into it and just 
get it finished, but I need to know that I've got recovery time after I do that. <laughs> yeah, I can believe that. That is a lot because you're putting so much energy of your own energy and then divinity into that card itself so that it holds that vibration. Mm-hmm. That That's a lot. <laughs> so that's incredible though. Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm wow. excited for it. Me too. (laughs) And I'm sure everyone listening is now as well. So you're going to have a wait list of people. Perfect. No no, no pressure though. (laughs) Oh, wow. I want to just talk about every single bone with you forever, (laughs) but I know that um, we can't do a 15 hour podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but oh, this has been so amazing so far. Um, is there anything else you feel like people need to know about working with the bones or energy archaeology? Anything that's coming up for you? Hmm. I think the most important thing to think about whenever working with the bones is how layered it is, mm-hmm. but how, um, how integrated at the same time. Whenever we start, I think, working with a new system or a new modality uh, because of the way that we are taught in at least Western society in the school systems, things get broken out into component parts. So you learn the skeletal system, the muscular system, the nervous system, the, you know, um, all of those different parts of the body. Mm-hmm. And even whenever you get into the medical field, like they don't ever really come back in and integrate them the way they should. Like it's still kind of all like diagnosed in component parts. Yeah. And so I, whenever I talk about the bones, whenever I teach it in the foundations course, um, which is called Know Your Bones, we start out understanding, you know, the foundations, what the bones are, what they connect you to. Then we move into what the flow is and how they relate to the elements and then how your bones bring in and translate frequency through your body and what those frequency streams are and where they connect into your bones. And then we look at where the bones connect to your chakras and to your field and how it all comes together. And so I think um, whenever you start going down this path, there is the immediate want to understand all of it together, you know, all at one time. (laughs) That's that's me. (laughs) And it can feel really overwhelming. Um, it can feel like, okay, I know this little bit, but I want to know more. Uh, and so I'm, you know, really trying to kind of break things down and teach them in bite-sized manageable, you know, ways that people can engage with it and still have like really profound experiences and really profound healing, but without feeling like it's overwhelming, without feeling like they have to know everything at once. Um, I, actually made a flow chart for the for the end of my my know your bones course because we move through all of that stuff Mm -hmm. and then you're kind of left with like okay and like we introduce practices we talk about you know how to like meditations to tap into specific pieces Mm -hmm. how to like feel into the frequencies and you're kind of left with this like okay and how do I do that in my everyday life so I made this flow chart which is the cycle of communication down one side. So it's yeah. noticing, expanding, asking, doing, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then how that all relates into your foundation, your flow, your frequency, your field. And then how all of that then comes together into asking some really pertinent questions around, um, 
like integration and does my nervous system feel supported to integrate this and which part of me is coming up and you know how can I look at this as like a mirroring as I'm moving this forward into action how can I do all of that and just like broke it down into like this really easily digestible flow chart and I was like this is it like this is the best thing I can give you right now to be able to um, to take the work and move forward with it because that's always my goal. My tagline on my website and my hashtag on Instagram is live bone deep. And it's because I want you to be able to take what you're learning, whether you're just learning a little tiny bit about the skull or whether you're just diving into the shoulder blades or whether you're looking at your earth bones or your water bones, or whether you're really looking at your nervous system in the spine mm-hmm. and be able to integrate it and live from that place instead of it just staying as knowledge instead of just learning all you can about it and it never actually lands and comes down mm-hmm. so everything i put out into this world is so you can take it and adopt it into your own life like that is incredibly important to me yes yeah that's amazing <laughs> so i am i'm curious with um with all the bones and everything that you oh, I can't talk now <laughs> with everything that you've experienced um, do you find that there's a common bone that typically speaks loudest for most people like is there is it shoulder blades because of childhood trauma like is mm-hmm. there something like that I see a lot of shoulder blade stuff mm-hmm. um, pelvis yeah a ton of pelvis stuff because well, I mean, there are a lot of becauses behind that, but my typical clientele, like the, pre- the predominant majority of people who come to me are spiritually seeking women. Um, a lot of them are business owners mm-hmm. and they're so, so invested and interested and engaged with doing their healing work Mm -hmm. and a lot of times (laughs) that means that they are also the ones dealing with the ancestral stuff that never got dealt with before i feel that (laughs) so a lot of that is pelvis stuff that is coming Mm -hmm. in and engaging on one or both sides um, of the pelvis Mm -hmm. yeah So I won't say that that's something that like literally everyone is dealing with in the world because there are a lot of people who are very disconnected from that. Of course. The people that I work with, they just tend to fit this profile that they're doing their work and everyone else's work. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably most of my listeners as well. (laughs) So we got you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. And um, so my last question specifically about bones for you is, do you have any tips for how to integrate? Um, I know I integrate very well, but I I actually don't know how to explain what I do. I just kind of do it. Um, But I'm wondering if you have any. (laughs) Oh, I know. I mean, really in practice, integration is a pause. That's really all it is. It's taking the space to sit or to listen or to be gentle or to honor the work that you just did and allow it to land. So instead of like skimming over the surface and moving right onto the next thing, integration can look like 
celebrating a massive win that you just had or sitting with a boundary that you just sat or set and what that feels like in your body. Like, do you feel terrified that you just set a boundary? Great. Let yourself feel that, you know, like let yourself be okay with that. Um, there are physical things that we can do specifically after energy archaeology work because landing it in your body is extremely important to me. Mm -hmm. So I will talk to people about getting Thai massage because that's a very, um, active form of massage. It's not passive. Integration to me is an active thing. Okay. Even though you're pausing, it is an action. It is a verb. Um, so Thai massage is an active form of massage. They're moving your body. You're not just laying there and falling asleep on a table. Um, I'll talk to people about getting chiropractic sometimes um, because it really helps the bones to kind of reset and come back into balance. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, all the typical things that you hear about taking a salt bath, letting yourself detox, eating really light foods for a couple days while you're integrating and your body's doing heavy work, sleeping. <laughs> There's so yes. much guilt that people have. Like when you're integrating, you need to sleep. And you Take need to not feel guilty <laughs> that you slept for 13 hours, you know, like mm. <laughs> it's part of the work. It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it looks different for me every time whenever I'm integrating. And again, it's trusting my intuition that I'm like, all right, that's, I guess that's what I needed. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Um, so if you guys didn't write those tips down, I would go back and re-listen to that because those are some really amazing integration tips. Um, and that is probably, at least for me, the most important part of the cycle, because if you don't integrate, you're just going to keep spinning in the rest of the, the, sorry, the communication cycle. Is that what you call it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you're going to keep spinning in the rest of that communication cycle where you're, you're noticing and you're pulling stuff up and you're asking it what it wants and you're trying to heal it. But then because you're not integrating, you, you're just going right back to noticing. So take that time because it's so, so important. And yeah. again, like Ashley said, um, it's not going to look the same every time. So just know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can feel like a shot in the dark in the beginning. Is this right? <laughs> Am I doing this right? Mm -hmm. But if it feels good to you, then yeah, you're doing it right. Yeah. If it, if it feels good that you're always on the right path, if it feels bad or off or it feels like it's pulling you down or making you smaller, that's a, a hint that you're going in the wrong direction. But as long as it's serving you and serving your journey moving forward, that's the right direction. So trust that, even if it feels crazy. <laughs> Yeah. So many times, uh, my favorite thing is when a client's like, this is going to sound really weird. I'm like, nope, lay it on me. <laughs> like, I love weird. I revel in the weird. Oh, yes. um, yeah. <laughs> it's a wonderful place to be. It really is. It makes life so much more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and we wouldn't be doing the work we're doing if we weren't all about the weird. <laughs> so. No, yeah, not at all. Yeah. It's like to the common person, what is energy archaeology? what does that mean? Are you doing electrical work with an archaeologist? Like, I don't know. That was a really bad example. But. No, I, I had to explain it to my bank one time. I mean, you go to get like a business banking account set up. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, uh, well, 
<laughs> so to the lay person, I just say that I tend to work with females who are interested in understanding themselves at a deeper level. And they're like, oh, coaching? I'm like, sure. That's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for any of you also struggling with de- defining it, that's a good way to go, <laughs> at least to the banks of the world. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So let's just ask some couple fun questions here. Uh, Ashley, what book would you recommend for our listeners? Mm, it's funny. This question actually, the answer for this actually changes every time. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of depends on like where I am and what I'm thinking about and what I'm reading. Yeah. Um, but I'm one of those people that I like to read everything and then filter it through my own lens and just kind of take what resonates. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so no matter what book I read, I'm going to like love some of it. I'm going to disagree with parts of it. So obviously like giving this is not like a blanket endorsement mm-hmm, <laughs> that I like agree with every single part of the book. But right now, ones that I'm really loving are books that you can kind of take in what you need from them whenever you're reading. Like they're not one that you have to sit down and read the entire way through and kind of understand everything. Um, Lauren Aletta of Inner Hue, she was actually one of my mentors and has become a friend. She wrote a book called The Seasonal Soul. It is incredible. It's like a graphic novel for understanding what season you're in. So like winter, spring, summer, or autumn, like the characteristics of that on your soul journey. And then- practices to support you while you're there. Mm-hmm. So it's really, I mean, it's black and white. It's fully illustrated. It's, it's really beautiful. Um, the other ones that I love and come back to time and time again are by Pixie Lighthorse. Mm-hmm. So she has a whole series of books, um, like prayers for, <sighs> they all start with prayers for, I can't remember the name of all of them, but there, she has a whole series of those. I want to say there's like four or five of them. Um, and then she has two books. One's called Boundaries and Protection and one is called Gold Mining the Shadows. I love all of them. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'm definitely going to check out some of those books and um, <laughs> I'll put uh, links in the show notes too, or the, the at least the titles of the books in the show notes as well. So you guys can check them out. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Ashley, if you were to describe yourself using a metaphor, what would it be? <laughs> Um, huh. honestly, I would say the little vial, the, um, the little vial, the drink that Alice has to drink in oh, the glass. Interesting. <laughs> because I feel like having a conversation with me engaging in my work with what I do, mm-hmm. uh, kind of just takes you down this rabbit hole it opens up this like entire perspective of Mm -hmm. the world of your body of your energy system and how it works that is not readily apparent. Uh, but once you've drank it, (laughs) like once, once you've gone there, um, it's like, it kind of colors everything else that you do. You kind of start understanding everything in a very different way. That is, I love that metaphor. Just (laughs) so good. Oh, this is honestly my favorite question to ask just because everyone is so different. Okay. Oh, that is that is so unique. I love that your metaphor is the file from Alice <laughs> in the Wonderland or Alice in the Looking Glass. So neat. <laughs> and that's true. 
like we just opened up a rabbit hole for y'all. So (laughs) enjoy the deep dive. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So good. All right. So Ashley, is um, there any other messages that you feel our listeners should know before we start signing off here? I think if I can leave with like one thing, which is so funny because I have my own modality. I like, this is what I do on a daily basis. Like I love for people to engage with this work, but it's that there's no right way to heal. There's no one modality that's going to work for everyone because of our multidimensionality, because of past lives, because of all of these different experiences we've had outside of this one. Mm-hmm. We're all coming into our human experience this time from vastly different places. So not to judge what someone else is doing on their healing journey versus what's working for you mm-hmm. or not to feel guilty that breath work didn't work the way it's working for someone else or that you don't love you know, doing mindset work, you know, like there's this whole thing outside of just your current experience that is Mm -hmm. also impacting all of that. And so it's really important for me to tell people like my way is one way. Mm -hmm. Everybody will find their thing. And for most of us, it's a mix of practices. And that's actually kind of the best, you know, you get your mix of supportive practices and your community to hold you like while you're doing them, like you're set that like, to me, that's a hug, right? Like that is like having those things together just makes me feel so supported. And mm-hmm. I wish that for everyone who is seeking. I do. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that message. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. This interview was so incredible. I am so glad you agreed to be on the podcast and I just, I can't wait to see how, like, how our future goes together because I can see us definitely maybe doing another podcast episode or something down the line. Um, But thank you for sharing your energy with me and with all of my listeners. And this has just been so amazing. Oh, thank you for having me here. Like (laughs) I said, before we started recording, these light me up. I love to talk about what I do. <laughs> I love to talk to other people. I love to, you know, open up that, that wormhole, that rabbit hole that just, you know, for some people can be exactly what they need. Yeah. And it, it just lights me up. So thank you for having this conversation with me. So Ashley, um, where is the best place that our listeners can get in touch with you? Instagram for sure. Instagram. <laughs> that is my main social media. I'm on there. Well, I'm on there every day. I, <laughs> I post maybe, you know, four or so times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do get, you know, DMS that come in through Instagram. I yeah. answer them. I engage with everybody in the comments. Mm-hmm. And from there, you can also find my email. You can find my website, um, it's ashleystinson.com. It's real easy. Energyarchaeology.com will also get you there. Okay. Um, they'll go to the same place. Um, but yeah, so that's mainly where I am. If you're not on Instagram, but you are on Facebook, all of my posts do post over there as well. So um, you can find me there and you can find the same content, but it's just not, um, 
that one's not my favorite place to hang out. <laughs> Fair enough. And you had mentioned earlier that your email list is actually the place where you give the most value. Mm. So people should definitely get on that. Yes. And there's, so if, when you head to my website, the very first thing that will pop up is a free meditation. I call it an energy balancing meditation, and it will teach you how to flow energy through either the circuit of your arms or the circuit of your legs to be able to kind of come back into like a present state of balance. It's five minutes long. Keep it on your phone. It's real good. <laughs> awesome. That is a great gift. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to trying that. Um, Perfect. And, uh, oh, do you have any programs or anything coming up that our listeners should be aware of? I do. Um, I'm going to be running my foundations course, my intro course, Know Your Bones. Um, it's probably going to be launching the end of February. I've got a couple things that I think they need to shift around to be able to get that timeline to work. But okay. um, that's what I'm shooting for right now. If you follow me on Instagram or on my email list, you will not miss it. <laughs> but um, I'm going to be running that one with all of the same core content that I've run it with before. So understanding the foundation, the flow, the frequency, and your field. But we're going to be taking a really interesting approach to it this time. So instead mm -hmm. of just learning about the bones in more of like an open-ended and curiosity sort of way, we're running it through a very specific lens of embodying wealth. So working with money blocks, working with um, abundance and overflow and all of that stuff that typically seems to stay in the mindset realm whenever you're talking about mm -hmm. doing money. And we're yeah. going to be, I'm calling it embodying wealth because we're going to be clearing stuff out of your foundations, your ancestry, um, your multidimensional selves about money. We're going to be looking at your flow and how it feels to like receive, how it feels to give, mm. the frequency streams you're bringing in around money. Like we're going to be resetting all of it and we're resetting it in your body because money is not only an energy, but it does come to us in the 3D. Like it lands in yeah. our physical field as a mm -hmm. thing. So yeah. being able to... Um, work with that in your body to be able to receive it as a physical thing is a massive shift. So yes. That's coming up. Yes. I'm so excited for that. Oh, that sounds just so good. I feel like I say amazing and incredible too much, but it's amazing and incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, that sounds so cool. And we don't do enough work around money, especially with that embodiment. So I love that you're going in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, everyone. So if you have any questions for myself, if you have any questions for Ashley, please make sure to reach out. All of our contact information is going to be in the show notes and make sure to get on Ashley's email list, follow her on Instagram and keep your eyes open for when her program launches around the end of February, because you don't want to miss that because it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Oh, thank you. This was such a joy. Oh, yes, it was. Thank you so much again for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. So I will see all of you on the next episode. Thank you for joining me today on the Soul Service Podcast. Do you want to feel powerful, vibrant, and happy in your daily life? 
get in on my free Walk Your Path to Power Challenge. Head on over and join me at AnastasiaBurtnick.com forward slash power. If you love what you heard today, I would be over the moon if you could leave me a five-star review and subscribe over on iTunes. I want to help as many people as I can, and I can't do it without your support. I'll see you on the next episode.